Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. You bet. Yeah, sure. Um, sure. I'm Kenyon. I'm Lucy. And I'm Amanda. This is a very serious intro compared to our usual intros. We're on a bit of a time crunch. We have nothing to laugh about. (laughs) Nothing is funny. No, we were. I'm still listening for my cat banging on the door to see if I need to interrupt us to go put him away somewhere else. Lucy is on high (laughs) cat alert. Um, This week. Last week it was a dog. This week it's the cat. It'll definitely be the dog again because Josie is. She's started to just bark at the walls. It's so annoying. Okay. Um, this week, our topic is fucking amazing. I am so excited. Yeah. It is <laughs> sleepwalking crimes. Yes. Yes. And this hits home for me because I have a small personal anecdote. <gasps> yes. I have your anecdote in my notes, or at least yep. a prompt for you to tell your anecdote. <laughs> As a small child, oh, no. I was an avid sleepwalker and i would do the creepiest shit apparently uh well because you know i've had a childhood obsession with cutting things up and scissors i would like your hair in my sleep yeah in my sleep go down and get my mother's like giant sewing shears my mom has always been like a legit seamstress how do you have two stories Uh, about sewing scissors Oh, yeah, but these are not sewing scissors. They're shears, like the big ones with the big orange (laughs) handles, and just start cutting up my sheets and then sleep with the scissors in my bed. And my mother woke up to, like, to find me with, like, cuddling a pair of scissors in shredded (laughs) sheets and no recollection of the entire event. Oh, my God. Another time I walked downstairs and turned off the television and just stared at my parents and said, no. (laughs) And went back to bed. (laughs) And then another time, my mom came into my room, and I was, like, bolt upright in my bed, flipping rapidly through the pages of a book. And without even stopping flipping, I just looked up at my mother, and I said, this is a really good book, Mom. That's so creepy. (laughs) And just stared at her. And every time my mother is just like, go back to bed. And then I just, it turns off, and I go back to bed. I never killed anyone, though. I sat up in bed with my eyes open and had a conversation once about like a staircase um unbelievable with my mom the staircase, the staircase. about an owl theory huh. um, i laid out all the evidence <laughs> supporting the owl theory no um <laughs> i don't know what it was just i it was just a normal conversation but i was sitting bolt upright with my eyes open like talking to my mom so, you know i must have done something to like bring her into my bedroom after i had gone to sleep but it so only weird. ever happened that one time Sleepwalking is fucking crazy. Yeah. My sister sleepwalked when she was younger, probably. I mean, I I mean, I know she did when she was younger. I don't think she does anymore, but one time I saw her like walking from her bedroom past my bedroom down the hall, heard her go upstairs, and she was probably like uh, 6 or 7. Yeah. 
And then I just heard like a crash. She completely wiped out all the way down the stairs. (laughs) And I like turned on the light. I was like, are you okay? And she just got up, didn't even look at me, just went back to bed. But she fell all the way down Thank the God stairs. your stairs are like super padded and carpeted and not yeah. just wooden. They're like wide. Yeah. Yeah. I woke stairs. myself up from a sleepwalking episode in this very vivid dream that I was late for school and I was, I had gone into my parents' bathroom in their like master bath and turned on the bathtub faucet and put my head under the water so I could wash my hair quick to get ready for school and that woke me up and I was like what the fuck is happening and they're standing there like what the fuck is happening it's four in the morning and I was like but I have to go to school I'm late for school and they're like you're insane no you're not they're go like back you're to 30 bed. years old what are you doing in our house why are you no, washing your school. hair under the sink faucet I mean I used to do that when I wanted to quickly like wash my hair but not commit to an entire shower yeah yeah and my parents had that really deep tub so i could just reach my head under it and just wash my hair without getting the rest of my body wet so it made sense Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) it made sense oh my god okay 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 Okay. so (laughs) we've got some cool news oh yeah before we other news really get into it uh we have a new brand new merch item Woo-hoo-hoo. Uh super so excited for this one. excited for this one. It is a fucking patriarchy sweatshirt. Yup. Yep. Mm-hmm. Crew neck, boxy, beautiful, Soft. trendy. You're gonna look so, so cute comfy. Yep. With this bad boy and a pair of like leggings. Patterned leggings. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm or jeans. Ready making outfits for this sweatshirt. It's basically the only thing I'm going to wear when I come back in April, so it better be yeah. cold because I'm not taking it will off be. this fucking patriarchy sweatshirt. You guys, we had snow until May last year. Don't woo! worry about it. Yes. Oh, the Yay, global warming. Um, <laughs> so you guys, this is it's a black sweatshirt with white type. It's up for sale now. Uh, I think it's still a pre-order right now, but uh, it'll be a short pre-order, and then we'll we'll get it mm-hmm. out to you quick. And it's really super cute, and it's also unisex. We're so excited, so, mm-hmm. ladies, fellas, any, anywhere. In yeah, exactly, both and neither. Uh, check it out. Go to wine yes, and uh, the best crime. part about it. Oh, go ahead. It, it on the sleeve it has like a like n- a newer version of our logo yeah it says xoxo wine glass and knife it's really cute the wine and crime gals it's mm-hmm. super cute i drew it yeah we're really proud you of did it. such a good job i'm proud of this one very much proud i am much proud <laughs> so, <laughs> so to get your hands on this bad boy go to wine and crime podcast.bigcartel.com or you can just go to our regular website and and go to the merch tab, and there'll be a link there. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. What is our wine crime pairing for sleepwalking crimes? Yes. This week, we are drinking the 2016 Paz Ordinaire <laughs> Red Blend from <laughs> Wink Wine Club. Mm. Wink Wine Club is an incredible, mm. fabulous, I- I- amazing, mm-hmm. distinguished <laughs> online retailer, wine delivery service, <laughs> wine club. Um, it's really cool. You go to wink.com and you can check out 
all kinds of different wines that they have. If it's your first time going, use trywink.com forward slash gals. That's T-R-Y-W-I-N-C.com forward slash gals. If you're already signed up, you can just go to wink.com and you'll be logged in and, you know, just peruse all of their inventory. But if it's your first time heading over there, they're going to prompt you to take a little flavor quiz. Um, It's really great if you're either super into wine or maybe just discovering what you like. Um, They'll set you in the right direction, but you are not locked into any of the selections they make for you. I often go with their selections because they do such a great job um, Mm -hmm. of matching my palate. So I'll usually put in my basket a couple things that are just for me and a couple things that we are featuring on the um, on the show. But they have wines that change out constantly, like pretty much every week or so when I go on there to check it out. There's at least a handful of brand new wines that I hadn't seen before. Mm -hmm. Um, They do a lot of work out of California. Today's wine is is actually from France. So that's kind of fun. So they do work with small batch winemakers all over the world. And it's really beautiful product. The wines average at about 13 bucks a bottle, which is very much a wine and crime endorsed Uh price point. (laughs) Um, So if you do go to trywink.com forward slash gals, you get 20 bucks off your first box. Anytime you have more than four bottles in your cart, they take care of the shipping. So with that discount code, you're basically getting a, you know, four to five bottles of wine for about 30 bucks. So it's It's an amazing deal and really, Mm -hmm. really good wine. And it goes right to your house, so you don't have to put a bra or pants mm-hmm. or a jock strap on. <laughs> yeah. To and go so many of their up. wines are California wines, and it's still so crucial to support those wines. Yep. Very true. Mm-hmm. And they're so, pretty. Yeah, that's, yeah, they are really beautiful. The labels are gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So that's Wink for you. Um, the translation of this particular wine is not ordinary, which clearly fits the bill for today's bizarro topic. Mm-hmm. Um, this Black Beauty is from the Languedoc region of France. Mm -hmm. And Languedoc is a significant producer of wine. It is a major contributor to the surplus known as the Wine Lake, which refers to the continuing supply surplus of wine that's produced um, in the European Union. Mm. So there are like a handful of regions that are the highest contributors, and those are considered part of the Wine Lake, like where all the wine comes from, basically. I'm going to take a uh, for roll. Yeah. I'm dipping the wine like. <laughs> so Languedoc is a huge part of that. Um, t- today, this region produces more than a third of the grapes in France. And if you consider how, you know, fairly large France is geographically and how much wine actually comes out of there, that is a very considerable contribution to French wine grape growth. Mm-hmm. Um It is definitely a region of focus for outside investors, so a lot of folks who are interested in starting their own, you know, winery or investing in certain wine makers are, you know, looking at Languedoc wines as a first choice because of its just, like, amazing growth potential. Um, Most wines come from the Mediterranean coast of Languedoc, and those are labeled as Languedoc, but there are wines from the region that are further away from the coast that have a variety of French names that I cannot begin to pronounce, so Mm. I didn't include them. All right! Huzzah! (laughs) This this particular bottle is a Grenache Syrah blend, so obviously I'm going to fucking love it. Um, This wine has notes of dark cherry, some dried herbs, a little peppery spice, and this particular wine was fermented in concrete, which is another popular way to ferment. It's typically, you're going to look at concrete or, um, I think you can ferment in oak barrels and also stainless steel. Wow, I didn't Um, know concrete concrete was an option. That's crazy. Yeah. Weird. Concrete can, is, it does a lot of the same, uh, 
things to the tasting notes as stainless steel was, which basically means it stays out of the process. Like it, mm-hmm. it provides a nice insulation, but it's not going to affect the natural flavors of the grapes very much. Um, and then it is briefly aged with a little bit of oak at the tail end, just to add some structure and roundness to the bottle. So what we have is a medium bodied wine with a nice balance between earth and fruit. The bottle clocks in at 13.2%. And I also thought it was worth mentioning per the Wink website that it pairs well with stew. So <laughs> oh, this wine is basically... An aphrodisiac. <laughs> I also just want to say, <laughs> say that pa, pa can mean, so P-A-S can mean not, uh, like to turn something, to negate something, or it can mean step, as in like a footstep. So mm. I kind of saw this as like a play on words with sleepwalking because it means, it at the same time means not ordinary and also ordinary step. Which is kind of what sleepwalking is. Like, you're doing the most mundane things, but it's also super Mm -hmm. not ordinary. Nice connection. What up? I love it. All right. Enough of that. All right. This is a pop this week. Sweet. So let's screw our nice pop corkscrew into Mm. this cork and pop Mm -hmm. it open. Mm -hmm. You guys ready? We're ready. Ooh, Ooh, nice pop. Nice wine key. Nice pop. Shameless plug. What a pop. What a pop. What a mighty good pop. (laughs) What a mighty, mighty good pop. Mighty, mighty good pop. Ooh. (laughs) Um, All All right. right. Cheers, ladies. That's enough of that obnoxious bullshit. Cheers. La, what is our background in psych for sleepwalking? I'm so excited. Oh yeah, my god. Okay, so I had all of this. I mean, I was really looking forward to finding like stats and hard facts about sleepwalking, but the fact is, it's not super well understood. Nope, we're studying um, sleep in my psych class right now, and it's just like sometimes this happens. We don't know why. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. don't understand <laughs> anything about sleep. It's crazy. <laughs> Great, but that like, will help me so much on my midterm. Thank you so much. <laughs> D, all of the above. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but actually, um, it's it was interesting to read about what behaviors people exhibit while they're asleep, like eating, walking, etc. Um, that helps scientists figure out what parts of the brain can like work independently of each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Um, so actually, before I get too into that, I'm just gonna start uh, my notes instead of just going off script here. So, sleepwalking <laughs> is also known as somnambulism. Mm-hmm. A great word and, it and is a the great band of... name. Yeah, totes. <laughs> it's Coldplay's new album. And we won't remember any of this. <laughs> I love it. We're going to need a ride home after this. <laughs> I don't remember how I drove here. Where are we? <laughs> what year is it? Am I wearing pants? No. The, am- the ambient is tainted. <laughs> we'll stop. Okay. We'll it is the act of performing complex behaviors while the mind is in the non-REM or N-R-E-M uh, sleep cycle, also known as a s- slow wave sleep cycle. And N-REM I don't know about you guys. stage three. There's three stages of N-REM sleep. Um, actually four. Ooh. Well, no, that's an outdated version. 
Oh, okay. They no longer, so they used to refer to stage four as the deep sleep and three as the transition from two to four, but nothing really happens in that transition, so they eliminated stage four. Stage one is when you're, like, still conscious and just closing your eyes and resting and about to fall asleep. Stage two is, like, the super light sleep where you're still really easy to be woken up. Stage three is the deep sleep, and then there's REM. Oh. I well, literally you, just 4. took 0. a test on this. <laughs> okay, saying. well... Backing up a little uh, in regards to the slow wave sleep cycle, I think slow wave is like my new falling asleep mantra because that's like the most Mm -hmm. peaceful set of words I've ever heard. Yeah. Cellar door, slow wave. Mm. Um, So this uh, is the deepest part. This is the deepest part of of sleep when your brain is the most shut down, although Mm -hmm. sometimes you can sleepwalk during the lighter cycles of sleep as well. Mm -hmm. So, again, something not wholly understood by scientists Mm -hmm. uh, relating to sleepwalking. When you're, like, I would consider this maybe phase two, when you're, like, asleep but not fully, fully asleep, and usually you get, you, like, jolt yourself awake if there's, like, a falling dream or something. But those I think that's the first. Those are attributed to, no, that's stage two, and that, Mm -hmm. like, feeling like you're falling and jolting awake, that happens in stage two, and it's a brain activity that's called, like, uh, sleep spiking, when you have, like, internal stimuli that you react to, but you're not in deep sleep because that wakes you up. When you're in deep sleep, your body isn't paralyzed yet, but, like, you're not you it's really hard to wake you up i don't so think i have that stage i am such a light sleeper like you don't think everyone you have has that stage. sleep yeah you'd be dead i don't Every, think i do everyone has that stage it's a normal part of the sleep cycle you just it doesn't it doesn't always last very long before you go into rem Are you, so you might I just guess. not be in deep sleep for very long before you're in rem sleep yeah yeah or you might spend more time in stage two which is that like lighter sleep before you know the transition happens. Zach is impossible okay. to wake up. Great. It's really actually, that's really safe when you get you encounter a fire in the middle uh, of the night. It's not great. Also, this is a quick story. So I'm so sorry, Lucy. You're like four words into your thing, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. you're wrong. And Kenyon's like, I have a story. <laughs> if you guys actually just want to take over, I'll just uh, so, drink my wine. So <laughs> no, but so um, okay. Not to laugh, my. Grandfather is fine, but uh, many years ago he had a stroke, and I was, I forget where I was, I was traveling, I was some, oh, I was in Turkey, and Zach was in China, and we were in a long-distance relationship, and um, I found out from my family in the States that my grandfather had had a stroke and was recovering, and I was really upset, and I called Zach, and it was the middle of the night his time. And he answered the phone and was like, hey, baby. And I was like, hey, I've got, you know, really sad news. I'm really sad. And I, and I told him, and he was like, oh, that's a shame. And I was like. That's it? I was like, what? And he goes, I know you really loved that dog. <laughs> he was totally asleep. And I was like. What an ass. <laughs> I know. And I know. What is happening? I know that he was asleep, but like in the moment, I like got a little pissy and I was like, what did you just say? And, mm. he, and he, it like snapped him out of sleep a little bit. Like he realized. Yeah, because you're scary. Because I'm terrifying. And so he realized, like, oh shit, like that wasn't right. And I was like, so what did you say? And he goes, I know you really loved that. Dog? 
question. Oh my god! <laughs> and I was like, my grandmother had a fucking maybe stroke. the second try will work. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> you know, whatever. Just kind of ripped his head off. I felt so bad, but he was just like not awake and trying to have a no. conversation. It was amazing. So sleepwalking affects, and again really shifty estimates uh, between 1 and 15% of the population. Because hmm. if you lived alone, or if you did like really subtle sleepwalking... Right, like, how would you know? No one would notice. Yeah. yeah. Um, so some common complex behaviors that people experience are walking, duh. <laughs> uh, sitting up in bed, mm-hmm. and maybe like looking around, talking, Eating, mm-hmm. which yep. actually might be my issue. Yeah, I'm gonna. I should chain myself down tonight and see what happens. <laughs> I'm gonna blame it on that. Yeah. <laughs> Strap yourself in. I think they have fridges <laughs> with locks on them. Hmm. Yeah, but also depending on how active your brain is, you could find the key and unlock the fridge. That's true. Um, okay, so even leaving the house and driving long distances, lots oh, of cases Lord. of that type of behavior. We will talk about um, it in my case. Mm. Some more disturbing behaviors can be like peeing in closets. Yep, college. Great. And uh, yeah, actually, my dad's college roommate was also a photographer, so he had his whole portfolio with all of his negatives, <gasps> like his big senior project in his no. closet. Oh, no. no. And one, uh, like another roommate, sleepwalked in and pissed all over it. Oh no! Oh <laughs> my god! Yeah. Um, also, screaming if the person is having a night terror at the same time. Mm-hmm. So let Fine. me just paint this fun little picture for you. What if you woke up in the middle of the night? And your partner was just standing in the corner of the room screaming with a massive boner because also sexual arousal is not uncommon during sleepwalking. Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> sexual arousal scar- during sleep, period, is yeah. like, it, it happens to everyone whether mm-hmm. or not you remember it. It's like yeah. why uh-huh. men wake up with boners every morning. Yeah. Yep. I dated somebody that I've got some info that about had, that later down. I dated somebody that had night terrors, like... He didn't have normal dreams. He only had night terrors. And actually, was this the was guy, kind of sad. your narcoleptic ex boyfriend? No, different guy. Not going to take his name. He was silly, though. He was a full on narcoleptic. It was really adorable. It was he amazing. He was cute. Yeah, that was, a, that was a brief fling, but it was, it was really fun that he was narcoleptic, actually. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Made him memorable. <laughs> he was really handsome, too, he was. which didn't hurt. Yeah. Um, okay, so, yeah, arousal during their episodes. And this is linked to something called sexsomnia, mm. which affects around 7-ish percent of the population, more men than women, but, like, have, like sexual acts during sleep. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that might be fun. I don't know. Or rape. What? <laughs> well, Yeah. I mean, like if you if you have the sexomnia thing and you're like carrying out sexual acts during sleep on your partner, that's not a great situation unless your partner is into it. The couple things that I read didn't bring that up, so mm. I'm not sure that it that's a major issue, but that's a good point to make. Mm. Uh-huh. If you were both sexomniacs, go for it. Mm. Go for it. You do you. Oh God. Um, okay, so There's like I said, sleepwalking is. Sleepwalking itself is not largely understood, um, but what we what 
what it can tell us about the brain is that it goes through stages of parasomnia. So some parts are awake and active while others are not. Mm. So that that would be why you're why you're kind of sleeping and you won't remember it and you're not able to wake up, but you're able to go down to the kitchen, turn on the lights and make like a BLT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. Um, sleepwalking, Amanda, this is for you, is yes. more common in kids than adults. Yep. And studies show that about 1% of preschool kids and 2% of school age kids sleepwalk at least a few nights a week. Oh dear mm-hmm. God. Like sleepwalking in children is like frighteningly common Mm -hmm. children are terrifying and usually they grow out of it yeah but um obviously some adults sleepwalk as well Mm -hmm. um and some researchers think that it is more common in children because a child's brain is growing at such a rapid pace that the borders between waking and sleeping and also like your different sleep stages are fuzzier Mm -hmm. in children than in adults Mm-hmm. So if you sleepwalk um, as an adult, does that mean that you definitely slept walked as a child? Probably uh, not. I'll, I'll get to that a little bit. Um, also, another theory about why it does that for children more than adults is that when you're in your non-REM sleep, that's when your body is releasing the most hormones. So probably children are experiencing that more than adults. Mm-hmm. And, and you can also, only sleepwalk in non-REM sleep because when you're in REM sleep, your body becomes paralyzed from the neck down, naturally. Oh, my God. That's where, that's where those, like, sleep paralysis episodes come from is if you're consciously coming out of REM or out of REM, but your body hasn't caught up to the, like, end of that paralysis yet. So you can be aware of your surroundings, but your body can't move. Super mm-hmm. gray. It's super creepy. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's insane. Every night when you fall asleep, that is the closest thing to dying that you experience, like, in your life. Thanks! It's, like, it's like pretty close to the experience of dying when you're, like, falling asleep, is what I've heard. Great. Mm-hmm. Love it. So you die every day. Great. A little bit every day. Awesome. Oh, my God. I hate you so much. <laughs> Comforting. Um, also interesting, kids who wet the bed have a higher likelihood of sleepwalking. Oh. Mm. Okay. Well, I guess that's and that is a bodily function. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so in children and actually adults, too, uh, sleepwalking can be affected by stress or exhaustion. And, a, like, specifically in adults, certain medications and alcohol can affect sleepwalking patterns since alcohol Ambien. is a depressant. Yeah. Oh, I have so many Ambien stories, you guys. I Crazy. can't even. We need, it, we need an Ambien episode. episode. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it does have to be its own episode, 100%. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Kenyon, to answer your previous question, if you start sleepwalking as an adult and you did not sleepwalk as a child, you should consult a doctor because sleepwalking, especially developing those behaviors as an adult, have been linked to cognitive disorders, sleep disorders, seizures, and diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. So some, wow. some shit's going down with the old noggin if you develop it as an adult, basically. Well, I mean, I think it would be sort of like a regression in your in your brain development. Mm-hmm. If it's m- much more common in children when their brains are growing, but you start doing it as an adult, that's abnormal. Yeah, that's freaky. Okay. Um, it is a myth that you should not wake a sleepwalker, although mm-hmm. it might be difficult to wake them up. 
Okay. Um, obviously, because they're in that deep sleep, the yeah, slow Yeah, they're not going to, like, wake up and live inside that dream for all of oh eternity. Oh, my gosh. Like, that's How did such I get bullshit. in the kitchen? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So just gently guide them back to bed. And actually, depending on who is sleepwalking and <laughs> their, like, general demeanor, mm-hmm. they may try to attack you if you wake them, if you try to wake them up. Yeah, mm-hmm. so then it's Just because they're a in a myth. dream and it's like someone's, it's like someone's shaking them. Yeah, you could be mm-hmm. anyone I mean, in, in their dream. You could be a dragon. It's a myth that they would stay trapped in that dream. Oh, Correct. Okay. I guess I hadn't heard that myth. Oh, yeah. I'd only heard the they'll or attack the, Or that they'd, like... Or, or that they'd, like, have a stroke or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Basically, I mean, just try to get them back to bed. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. all you... You don't need to wake them up necessarily unless they're, uh, for example, peeing in your laundry in your closet. Or yes, trying to murder happened. you. <laughs> yeah. Has the laundry closet thing happened to you? It sounded very specific. Yes. I'm not going to name names, but... A certain person <laughs> who happens to live with me. Who happens to be husband. named. <laughs> <laughs> who happens to have done our theme music and his name is featured on every outro. Yeah. Phil. Well, that was more specific than I wanted to get. But <laughs> oh, whoops. I thought we were I mean, playing a lot. I think it's that, Phil. I think that, yeah, it's Phil. That's affected by, like alcohol consumption so when you're like drunk and then in your deep sleep and you have to pee because you're drunk Mm -hmm. like the peeing has happened a couple of times Mm -hmm. I think it's under control now but whatever still just a large child either way so we'll never know okay (laughs) so when it comes to homicidal somnambulism Mm. because I did a little bit about that Mm -hmm. this is more common in in men and uh, you like it's more common that a man will sleep kill their partner in mm. the middle of the night. Great. Shocked by this news. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so the first case was in 1846 that was argued successfully that this man killed his wife or his lover while he was sleeping. Wow. Um, and then the la- the most recent case was in. Well, actually, I don't know. The, 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 this study ended in 2005. So 68 cases mm-hmm. presented in courts between 1846 and 2005. Mm-hmm. There have been some cases where the perpetrator has woken up to discover what they'd done, and then they try to cover it up after the fact. So obviously wow. that is not a good defense for obvious reasons. But yeah. the whole sleepwalking defense has been used successfully many times. Um, less and less, like... Like, more before uh, the science of sleep was discovered and established. Oh, interesting. So, like, there were... Yeah, it's, like, less successful as science has progressed. Hmm. Right. Um, but no matter what uh, the veracity of many, if not all, of these successfully argued defenses were definitely questionable. Mm-hmm. Because you have to convince a jury. And also causation can't be established in these cases. Right. So they're just generally less convincing. And again, because the science isn't super solid behind sleepwalking, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you could convince me of that. So yeah, it's very The science if I isn't super juror. solid behind sleep in general. Yeah, there are still like five sleep. working theories about why we sleep and like what it does to our body. And, and considering it's know, like exactly. half of our lives, or in my case, two thirds of our lives. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah. So some things to prevent sleepwalking and probably homicidal somnambulism. Mm -hmm. Um, If you develop a good like pre-bed ritual, like, you know, you have your lights low, you maybe have a candle, you like take time to cool down and do a little bit of stress relief before you go to bed. Because Mm -hmm. again, stress and exhaustion and anxiety are three huge factors when it comes to sleepwalking, Mm -hmm. regardless of age. Yeah. So I'm currently reading a tome on medieval queens. So Hmm. nailed it. Yeah. (laughs) Of course you are. Good lord. Oh my god. Cersei fucking Lannister. So if you need help establishing a pre-bedtime routine and maybe shedding some of that stress to avoid sleepwalking, Mm -hmm. we recommend that you give Talkspace a try. Yes. I have talked a lot about my sleep on Talkspace, which is the online therapy company that makes it easy, convenient, and affordable to connect you with a licensed therapist in your area. Woo! From mm-hmm. Or a therapist memory. who's licensed in your area. Yep. Whatever. Talkspace Same is amazing. Diff. It's so convenient that you could literally text your Talkspace therapist while in the midst of a sleepwalking episode. <laughs> I probably have sleep texted my therapist. It's probably sleep happened. <laughs> Sleep therapy is one of my favorite forms. Mm -hmm. Um, No, it's really great. Uh, It's just, yeah, if if you if you are uncomfortable texting, you can also do video chats. You can also do uh, voice memos, which I really Mm -hmm. like uh, because you know then you have a record of what your therapist is saying, but you still are hearing their voice, and you have that extra you know intimacy you can hear the intonation in their voice it's a little bit like being an at an in-person uh therapy appointment but super super convenient because it's completely on your terms um yeah so Talkspace is amazing and if you want to get a uh, 30 dollars off your first month you can go to talkspace.com forward slash gals g-a-l-s it's totally worth it. We can't endorse it enough. We absolutely love them as our sponsor, and we absolutely love our therapists. Yes. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Shout out, Katie. Allison. Emily. What up? <laughs> um, yeah, so check out Talkspace.com forward slash gals, and plans start at $32 a week, uh, and it's unlimited, mm-hmm. so it's so much more affordable than traditional therapy, and yeah, treat your brain. Treat, treat your brain. All right. Somebody Let's do this. that super needed talk space because they were <laughs> all of our people super so, needed talk space. Super stressed out. <laughs> um, my case is really famous. It is the case of Kenneth Parks. Um, Ooh, I actually don't know this case, so I'm excited. I didn't, he came up a bunch in my research. He did, and I knew I had to avoid it, but yeah. I do not know this case. I didn't know the details of this case, but. Once I started researching, it was, like, clear that this was, like, one of the core sleepwalking cases, especially in terms of a legal defense. Um, Mm -hmm. It's super intense. Yeah. So. um, So I'm going to pour more wine. (laughs) Proof that it's a really famous case is that, uh, obviously, there is an amazing Lifetime movie uh, based on oh. this case, in, and I watched the whole thing in the bathtub. It was amazing. And, well, um, that's just the best. Love, love my job. I love my job. Were you so wrinkly when you got out? Yeah, 
It was great. She was perfect. She was perfect. So the movie is ingeniously titled The Sleepwalker Killing. (laughs) They're so creative with their titles on Lifetime. Um, And it also stars a young and shockingly terrible Hilary Swank. Oh no! <laughs> like, <laughs> is it? Didn't she win an Oscar? Isn't she like supposed to be a good yeah. actor? Like she's she yeah. was in Boys Don't Cry. She's yeah, so unbelievably bad. She in this was Lifetime in that movie. boxing movie with that old irrelevant man. <laughs> with that old misogynist <laughs> director man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, she's so bad in this movie. It's like worth watching because you're just like, wow. Like <laughs> acting classes do pay off. Like amazing. Oh my god. Maybe she just needed the right transgender role right. to Maybe. really establish yeah. herself. She also suffered from like too shiny lip gloss in this film. <laughs> Suffered. I from. have suffered that condition many times. There's just little shards of mirror. It's a serious problem. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so check that out. Okay. Oh, the early 2000s. Yeah. We are going to travel in back time. in time to 1987, the year of our oh, best year ever. births. Best yes. year ever. Um, uh, when <laughs> Kenneth James Parks was just 23 years old, and at that time, uh, Kenneth was married to wife Karen, and uh, together they had Karen an Karen. infant daughter. Okay? Okay. So life is pretty together. Um, Her name was Kenyon. <laughs> oh, Karen. Kevin, Karen, and Kenyon. Um, the couple lived in Toronto. And uh, by all accounts, Kenneth and his wife were very much in love, um, but uh, their marriage was not without its problems. So, what marriage isn't? Right. Am I right, ladies? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, recently, Kevin's gambling problem uh, had not only cost the young family the entirety of their savings. Oh my God! Oh. Uh, that's certainly not that much. In my experience. True. If you're 23 years old, the entirety of my savings was like a half pack of gum. dollars Yeah. A couple <laughs> yeah. trips to Taco Bell. Yeah. Right. But I don't know. They had a house. I don't know if they owned a house, but they, you know, they lived in a house. They had a child. They, you know, owned a car. Yeah. Like they, you know. Late sure. 80s. Young families were doing great in the late 80s, I feel. Yeah. yeah. 23 in the late 80s was like 33 today. I feel like uh, 43. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm nowhere near 23 in the late 80s financially, I'm but thank you. Burn. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So, it cost the family their savings and it also cost Kenneth his job. Uh-oh. So, the previous summer um I apparently wrote all of my notes as Kevin, but his name is Kenneth. Okay. The oh previous, my God, yes. <laughs> the previous <laughs> summer, Kenneth had gone to a horse race with friends and on a whim placed a bet with crazy odds, but it paid off. Uh, Kenneth didn't see his big win as a matter of luck, however. High on his winnings, Kenneth became convinced that he had a gift for horse betting. No. Oh, nobody has a gift for gambling. No. Nope. Nobody. Nope. It's gambling. 
Well, I do have a gift for video roulette, which I learned in Vegas. Takes a lot of skill. There's so much skill to pushing a button. Like, you can kind of have skill at poker, but you can still get fucked. Like, well, no, and even if you're playing odds, like, even if you have a pretty decent grasp on, like, percentage odds and whatever, it's still random. It's still for random, the most part. and it still is a lot of just human psychology and, like, human mm. error and just terrifying. And video I- roulette is amazing, and I'm totally ready for it to take over my life. Anyway, continue. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, keep an eye on you. 2018. <laughs> We're going to keep an eye on you. So... Kenneth became convinced that he had this gift. He started betting on more and more races, and he was completely hooked on gambling. Unfortunately, his luck didn't last, and soon he had put his family in severe financial trouble. Great. In a last-ditch effort to get back on track, like get back to zero and earn back all his losses, uh, Kenneth embezzled... Some reports say thirty thousand. Some say thirty-two thousand dollars from his employer, uh, Revere Electric Supply, and used mm-hmm. that money that he stole to place yet more bets. Makes sense. Keep it coming. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's gonna win it all back. Ride that wave. Yep. It's worked so far. Why yeah. stop? <laughs> so, needless Logic. to say, his ploy uh, backfired, and he not only lost all of the what? stolen money. But when the company <laughs> discovered the theft uh, that March, he was promptly fired and taken to court. Great. Yeah. So things are going great. Um, Kenneth wasn't able to keep his firing and the court proceedings a secret from his wife, um, but, you know, they kind of had a lot of talks and discussions, mm-hmm. and he promised her that he would begin attending Gamblers Anonymous, and he did, in fact, attend... Uh, a meeting of Gamblers Anonymous, and he also promised that he would confess what he had done to the rest of their close-knit extended family, uh, especially her parents. So they were very, very close with her her side of the family. Um, okay. And I'm guessing part of the purpose of the confession was maybe to borrow some money from the in-laws, but I... Probably, know, that's, to get them out of debt. Yeah, that's speculation. Mm-hmm. Um, Speculate wildly. Woo! So, this was enough to appease Karen, and by the time uh, this case took place in May 1987, she had decided to stay with her husband, despite everything. So, they were not getting divorced, they were staying together, living together, everything. Okay? Still, the stress of their financial situation, on top of the impending embezzlement trial... Not to mention the fact that they have a five-month-old caused Kenneth to suffer from severe insomnia um, over the past two months, so since since his company found out that he had stolen money. Um, I don't know. I can't think of a situation that would be more stressful for, like, an average American guy with a family. Like, I've been in bad financial situations but i've never had a kid yeah and i've never been taken to court and i've never stolen money like and just 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 the financial aspect alone causes so much stress imagine all this other shit 
on top. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So he's suffering from severe insomnia over two months, and then acutely he reportedly hadn't slept at all in the preceding 48 hours before this case took place. Okay. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So not a wink. That's a long time. Not a wink of sleep. Again, this is from Kenneth and his wife. That's their testimony. We don't really have Woof. anyone else to testify whether or not he had slept, but that's what they say is that he didn't sleep for forty-eight hours. Wow. I would be. I hallucinate if I get like less than five hours of sleep. I need mm-hmm. an inhuman <laughs> amount of sleep just to function. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You guys need to see Kenyon when she <laughs> arrives in the U.S. When I'm just Africa. She's delirious. There's like a family a- of squirrels living in her hair. <laughs> she doesn't remember anything from her first 24 hours. She'll sleep for like a full day yeah. and then be like, oh, I'm back. Wh- how do I get here? <laughs> and I sleep on the plane. I take so many pills, you guys. I'm knocked oh out on the plane. Oh I God. don't even know okay. why that happens. It's probably an effect of the drugs, not the lack of sleep. Anyway. You are unreal. I love it. I need so okay. much sleep. I could I could be happy getting 14 hours of sleep a night. <laughs> anyway. I mean, that's a lot. It's a that's lot. It's a cat's sleeping schedule. <laughs> I, that's more. I don't get that <laughs> technically much, twelve but hours a day. That's my goal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, um, blah blah blah. So no sleep. Uh, partially, this was due to the fact that uh, the deadline that he and Karen had set for him to like fess up to her parents uh, about all this shit was set for the very next day. So they were scheduled to have a barbecue at the in-laws' house, and then at the end of the barbecue, he was supposed to have the conversation where he confesses that he lost all the money hmm. and stole money, and they need help. Interesting. Okay. Okay, so, and he was apparently deeply anxious about having this conversation with them, even though yep. they had a very close relationship. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... On the night of May 23rd, 1987, which I think is an ex-boyfriend's birthday. Um, it sounds familiar. Yeah. If you're one of Kenyon's 300 ex-boyfriends <laughs> and this is your birthday, please step forward for a free fucking patriarchy wine glass. If you're a Taurus. people come forward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, according to Kenneth, Karen put the baby to sleep and then later went to bed herself at the normal time, I think around 10 p.m. Um, But Kenneth couldn't sleep, so he stayed downstairs on the couch watching TV. At some point, he did fall asleep on the couch. And I also read some reports that he had gone up to bed and then got out of bed, but the Lifetime movie says couch, so that's what I'm sticking with. (laughs) <laughs> the Love facts. It. The facts. Um, the next morning, Karen woke up to find both the front and garage doors left wide open, the car mm-hmm. gone, and Kenneth nowhere to be seen. Uh-oh. Then the police arrived at her door. They informed Karen that Kenneth had walked into their police station at 4.45 a.m. covered in blood <gasps> appearing confused and announcing, quote, I think I have killed some people, my hands. 
Oh, gross. And indeed, Kenneth's hands were severely injured, cut with a sharp blade and bleeding profusely. He had actually cut all of his flexor tendons on each of his fingers. So like where your fingers kind of join your palm. Ew. So it was his blood that he was covered with or something? Probably it was a combination. Um... But yeah, he had like really, really fucked up his hand. Um, yeah. On his dominant Gross. hand, and I believe he was right-handed. Um, but at the same time, so like as if he had grabbed a blade or something. Yes, exactly, as if he had grabbed a blade. Okay. So they're not defensive Got wounds it. in the palm. It okay. was like he had grabbed a sharp blade. Exactly. So um, at the same time, Kenneth didn't appear to be in pain. At least not immediately. He just was really confused and out of it. Hmm. Okay. Um, but, like, obviously, if you slice where your fingers join your palm on your hand, every single one of them cut, like, imagine yeah. how bad that would fucking hurt. Oh, yeah. Not good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a major blip. So, <laughs> soups. So we're so stupid. We are the stupidest people alive. So, my next section of notes is entitled "So What Fucking Happened?" Question mark. <laughs> okay, so in the middle of the night, Kenneth, allegedly while still sleeping, had put on his shoes, taken Karen's set of keys. Hers had mm-hmm. the key to his in-law's house, but his set of keys did not. Okay. Um, gotten in the car, backed out of the garage, drove 23 kilometers slash 14 miles. Oh, wow. That's a long distance. Um, through Toronto, stopping at numerous intersections and stop signs en route, all the way to his in-law's house. Oh my god. Hmm. And they did they did go there every Sunday, so it was a drive yeah, that he it's knew muscle super memory. well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um there he parked the car in his usual spot, entered the house using his wife's key, went into the garage, and I don't think he entered through the garage. I think he entered through the front door and then went into the garage. Um found a tire iron went back inside the house, walked upstairs to his in-law's master bedroom uh, where Barbara Ann and Dennis Woods were sound asleep. Okay. This is insanely complex behavior. Yeah. yeah. I can't... Okay. He, nope. He's asleep. He's totally asleep. He then proceeded to beat Dennis Woods nearly to death with the tire iron and also attempted to strangle him. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, And then it is believed that Barbara Ann uh, tried to intervene during the attack on her husband by running downstairs and grabbing a kitchen knife. Um, But that once she confronted Kenneth with it, so then she ran back upstairs and, like, you know, either threatened him or actually tried to hit him with it. Uh, He quickly disarmed her and then used the knife to stab her repeatedly. Sweetheart, <gasps> poor oh, thing. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, 
So Barbara Ann died during the attack. And Dennis almost died. He was sent to the hospital in critical condition, but eventually recovered. Oh, thank God. But yeah, his mother-in-law was stabbed to death. Ish. Oh, my God. Um, After the attack, Kenneth exited the home and drove himself to a nearby police station, apparently shaken from his deep slumber. So, like, no one could argue that driving to the police station would be muscle memory. No. So, like, he must have been awake at that point. Killing and attempting to kill two people in a very violent fashion, I could see how that could start to wake you up. I mean, everything else... Like you said, they were try- They were planning on going to that house the next day. It was already on his mind, deeply on his mind, because yeah. he was stressed about but it. I, f- I feel like just the act of them responding to what he's doing should have been enough to wake him up. But again, there's no way to know science is magic. It's ha- Deep fucking sleep, man. It's hard mm-hmm. to know how much Dennis could have fought back, because he was right. beaten with a tire iron while he was still asleep. Yeah, right. he was probably deep in sleep too. Yeah, so Dennis probably didn't fight back all that much. But, but did he? But then did he wake up when Barbara Ann tried to attack him so he could disarm her and stab her and then drive himself to the police station? Like, where did he wake up? Did he wake up after he killed her? Yeah, that's probably the question he that pro- they'll have in court. He was probably mm-hmm. starting to wake up. I mean, if you're going to buy this defense at all, he was probably starting to wake up as he was stabbing her. Yeah. So and we'll get we'll actually get to it a little bit. Actually, right now, my next but, my next sentence. Um, he claims excellent. to have no memory of the incident other than an image of his mother-in-law's frightened face. Okay. So if that's when he started to wake up, maybe in his groggy mind, it was a self-defense situation. Yeah, for like, him, it's definitely happened to me where, like, even after I'm physically awake. It takes me a few minutes to realize that whatever dream I just had was a dream. Yeah. You know? Like, there's a bit of a lag. Yeah. I have to untangle that shit in the shower. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have really vivid dreams, and I have to, like, separate. Yeah. It's not immediate, you know? Yeah. Okay. So, Kenneth's uh, defense team quickly hit on the sleepwalking defense strategy and called in numerous uh, sleep experts to analyze him. Um, They conducted EEG readings, which I don't really know what that stands for, but It's measuring brain, like, electrical something. Yeah, Mm -hmm. your brain waves. It's measuring brain waves. Yeah. So, they conducted all these readings uh, while he was sleeping, which showed that he had highly unusual sleep brain activity. Um, indicating mm-hmm. severe parasomnia, like Lucy talked about. Um, so, like, that separation of, of, like, physical actions versus still being asleep. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder if that's linked to a cognitive dissociative disorder, like when you have multiple personalities, that oh. your brain can just splinter. I wonder. Mm. That's a good question. Good question. Listeners, if I you mean, know. either... Either way, the brain's a fucked up place, so. Yeah, it's a lot going on. Um, yeah. Something, there was something about him, like, his pattern was that he spent two to three times as long in that stage of sleep where hmm. you, where sleepwalking could occur uh, than the, the super average deep person. super deep sleep? Yeah. 
Oh. So he just, on average, spent way more time in that stage of the sleep cycle. Interesting. Than most people do. Um, like a significant difference. Um, some other evidence supporting the sleepwalking theory. Um, he had all the risk factors. So he had had severe sleep deprivation coupled with physical and or emotional stress. Um, he had a personal history of sleepwalking. So mm. at age 11, his mother had caught him just as he was attempting to leap from his sixth floor bedroom window. <gasps> oh, my God. While sound asleep. Oh, my God. Which, like, that's terrifying. Thank God she that's woke up. That's super terrifying. Yeah. Um, he also had a family history of parasomnia behavior, which apparently is genetic. Um, yeah. yeah, it is genetic. So including, like, so a bunch of different people in his family tree, um, which the defense team, like, spent time mapping out and interviewing people. For sure. Um, demonstrated sleepwalking and sleep-talking behaviors, night terrors, and also sleep-related eating disorders. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, like, a bunch of people in his family had this as well. Um, but also, this is coming from the defense uh, Karen's surviving siblings, both of whom woke up during the attack, so they were l in their late teens, early 20s. I don't know exactly, but they were practically adults. Um, and they lived at home with Karen's parents. Um, mm -hmm. And they woke up during the attack not knowing what the hell, like, the, what was going on. But they were down the hall in their own bedrooms. Um, and so they reported hearing Kenneth making, quote, horrible, loud grunting noises. Oh, my God. Ooh, can you imagine? Attack. You'd never get that out of your head. Yeah. No, he's killing your mother. They weren't even <sighs> really sure that, like, they didn't even really get a full glimpse that it was him. They just, like, heard someone making these horrible noises, realized that, oh, like, their parents were being attacked in the master bedroom, and then, like, that person was gone. Oh, no. What a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, and apparently guttural noises and grunting are common during sleepwalking episodes, so the, the person who's sleepwalking thinks that they're talking, but they're really just making grunts. Wow. Um, so, uh, Kenneth had always had a great relationship with his in-laws, like a super great relationship with his in-laws because they adored him. Um, yeah. Karen, not just because he was like a good husband and father, whatever, but also because Karen had actually been a teenage runaway. And after mm. she got involved with Kenneth, so she had no contact with her parents for a few years, and then she got together with Kenneth, and he was the one who convinced her to go back to her family and, and oh reestablish a relationship. And so they were Jeez, they wow. like loved him. They and the mom because he like gave them their daughter back. Yeah, yeah. And uh, wow, the mom always That's called so him her gentle giant because he was like six foot five or something. And he killed her. Yeah, he oh. fucking stabbed her to death while grunting. Yeah. Yeah, the grunting is the grossest part. 
Okay, so. Oh, this is really a sad story. I Thanks. Know. You're welcome. Always. That's my calling what card. What else is new? <laughs> Kenyon, <laughs> super duper sad. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm going to call my tax based therapist as soon as we hang up this call. <laughs> Texting her now. Okay, so. <laughs> trial. Okay, shockingly, in 1992, Kenneth was acquitted of all charges. Of course mm. he was. Uh, this was the first time the sleepwalking defense was used successfully in Canada. Wow. Um, and unlike in the U.S., acquittals uh, can actually be retried on appeal in Canada. Um, oh, okay. So That's interesting. Yeah. So I guess it makes sense if a conviction can be appealed. Why can't an acquittal? I think yeah. in the U.S. it's supposed to prevent cruel and, unu- unusual, uh, cruel and unusual punishment of, like, being persecuted for a mm-hmm. long yeah. stretch of time if you've been found innocent. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get why we have that law, but it also makes sense yeah. to have it even on both sides. It kind of makes sense both ways, I think. But anyway, so he was retried on appeal, and the acquittal was sustained. It was upheld. Okay. So he was found innocent twice. Wow. Um, I mean, I... Would side with that, honestly, given the facts that you laid out. Like, it was an atrocious crime and a horrific murder, and the whole thing is devastating all the way around. But given all of the facts and what we know scientifically. Yeah. And, like, the guttural grunting. Like. Yeah. If he were trying to commit a murder and get away with it, he wouldn't be grunting loudly. You know what I I mean? He also. He also would think. have known that the siblings were there and would have presumably killed them as well and presumably sure. wouldn't have turned himself in. Or yeah. if it w- and wouldn't have left the garage door and the door at his own home open. open. That's weird. But at the same time, why did he take his wife's keys? Sure. I mean, there's a lot of weird stuff. I mean, I think his subconscious was planning going to their home the next day. He knew that they would have to take her keys. Yeah. Yeah. He knew that what route they were going to take. That's why he went to their house. Yeah. There's and no again, way to know. What <laughs> motive, what causation would he have to, to kill them, mm-hmm. given yeah. his, his set of circumstances, you know? Besides the gambling and stuff. I mean, the only, I think the only, the only thing for the prosecution is, is that if... It hadn't been a premeditated murder, but he had been awake, decided to go and, like, talk to them, like, do the confession in the middle of the night. Well, who knows why? Because he didn't want to do it at the barbecue. And then things went south, and then it was a crime of passion murder. And then he panicked. I think it's, like, the only, is what the prosecution was saying. Okay. Yeah, that's, like, less likely, though. Yeah, it's very borderline. I don't know. It's really borderline. So, anyway, he was found uh, innocent both times. He is a free man. Mm. He never went to prison for the murder of his mother-in-law, nor the attempted murder of his father-in-law. He and Karen stayed married. For a for a few oh no for for a few years after the trial she was she was like by his side throughout the trial. Um, Oh no! And then they did eventually divorce, like three years later, roughly. They had divorced. Um, Yeah, yeah. He killed your mom. Yeah. Um, Kenneth has since remarried. 
and his sleepwalking is reportedly under control, uh, treated with the pharmaceutical clonazepam, which, God bless, that is what got me through Trump's uh, fucking election. Wow. <laughs> I didn't sleep, like, at all I that entire week. I took so much as-needed clonazepam, and, I, and I, <laughs> I still need it. I barely ever take it. I had, like, one bottle of 30 pills that lasted me, like, three years, and then I used up, like, half of it in that one oh. week after the election. Yeah. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. Anyway, so that is my case. Nice work. That is Love Kenneth it. Good Parks. job. Slash, I'm wrecked for the rest of the day. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, <laughs> we can take it back to a happy place yeah. with a word from our sponsor. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Zola is the wedding company that will do anything for love. Mm. Yes. Zola is reinventing the wedding registry and planning process to make the happiest moment in couples' lives even happier. Zola Registry has everything you love about your favorite department store, uh, plus things like honeymoon funds, fitness classes, wine subscriptions. Um, (laughs) I need all of these. And so much more. And they have this nifty thing called group gifting, which is a feature that lets multiple guests contribute to big ticket gifts, like finding your honeymoon or, you know, your first home, things like that. Or a set of bookcases. Yep. Or the $300 Harry Potter book set that I've been wanting to buy for like 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to start a registry for myself. Paying off my car loan. (laughs) Going to just pay off my car loan. Uh, Zola also features price matching, which is awesome, and free shipping every day. Uh, Zola also has a free suite of wedding planning tools, including free wedding websites, uh, customizable checklists, and a and a guest list manager. Which, as someone who has gotten married in the last few years, mm-hmm. that would be a game changer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am really sad that I didn't have Zola when I got married. To be let's go back and do it all over again on a day that's not a thousand degrees. <laughs> Oh my god, you guys, it was 110. <laughs> Lucy's wedding and an outdoor wedding was unbearably hot. But my wedding <laughs> will be a winter wedding and I actually was already using Zola before they became a sponsor. So shout out. What nice. Um, so I use Zola for uh, our wedding website and also for our um, guest list and registry. So all three baby and it's amazing it is so easy to use i'm not the most tech savvy person but it is really it's it's a really (laughs) nice uh pretty aesthetically pleasing interface it's very simple uh and intuitive to use and you can add it's a beautiful website Mm -hmm. like i went to go check it out it is gorgeous yeah it is gorgeous i'm super jealous i made an entire wedding website and i'm having basically a a destination wedding so a lot of uh wedding guests have a lot of questions for us and so i was able to like create extra pages of like faqs answering people's questions um the guest list manager is great. You get little alerts when people RSVP and people can leave notes. It's super simple um, and easy to keep track of everything. And my favorite thing is that you can add gifts on your registry from anywhere. So you can add things mm-hmm. from the Zola collection, which is massive and really well done. Or if you have like a very specialty item, like we have some like 
special Parmesan cheese. cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Kraft Parmesan cheese. <laughs> I did. Please, God, add that to your registry. <laughs> I love Kraft Parmesan cheese. I might. Um, I added, like... <laughs> All the extra box sets of Cards Against Humanity. I added a bunch of Jewish stuff. Um, so specialty items from like I other. I added a hoopah, <laughs> yeah. a dreidel. No, literally. There's literally a dreidel. Um, from, oh my God. From, from other websites and stores, and you can add them all in one place. It's super easy for guests. So, awesome. Zola's amazing. I love it. So to sign up with Zola and receive a $50 credit toward your registry, go to Zola.com forward slash gals. And again, that's Z-O-L-A dot com forward slash G-A-L-S for $50 toward your first registry. Marry it up. That'd be so much Parmesan, you guys. That's a lot of Parmesan. $50. It's amazing. Of Parmesan. (laughs) That's like three (laughs) massive tubs of Parmesan. All right, oh. moving on. Amanda. It's like a month's worth. Okay. <laughs> My case. Um, not nearly as dark and Ooh, sad. Thank God. Thanks, thank God. I chose it for the name. We're going to be talking about Scott Folater. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Change it's always good to marry a Folater. Like Felatio? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's spelled with an F, but I'm just considering him, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, like, this fucking Felatio is spelled with an F, times. I'm pretty sure. No, it's P. It's a PH. Is it? But whatever. Scott Felater. I'm Googling it. Oh, you might be right. I think it is an F. Yep. I'm mixing up phallus and fellatio. Yeah. Is what we're doing. Felatio's with an F, motherfuckers. One Go point on. for Kenyon. One Kay. point for Kenyon. <laughs> Half point. Scott Felater <laughs> met his wife, y- Yamila, while still in high school, and the two married in college, both continuing their education and getting master's degrees in what? I don't know, and I don't care. Mm-hmm. Felatio and Conalingus. <laughs> he went on to become an engineer while Yamila became an assistant teacher. Scott described their marriage as happy, mutually faithful, and loving, with no history of money problems or abuse. He said they were beginning to make retirement plans, and they were both very active in their church. He worked as a personal and family counselor and a teacher in their church. And <coughs> sorry. <coughs> and police said they had never been called to the home before, and friends also reported that they had a great marriage. The couple filleted their way to two children together. <laughs> that is not how not resulted yeah. in pregnancy. Exactly. Listen. You can fillet your way to sex. You can't. Yeah. Well. Calm down. Almost necessary. This still works. (laughs) They filleted their way to two children together and lived a peaceful and happy life in Phoenix, Arizona. No priors, no police visits to the home, no reports of domestic abuse. Sounds a little bit on the defensive. I know. I'm just making it very clear that this was like... They're just Christians. This is like leave it to beaver level traditional family. Yeah. (laughs) On January 16th, 1999, Felater drifted into a blissful sleep. (laughs) 
Next thing he knew, he was jostled awake by a room full of police, accusing him of murdering his wife, Yamila. Oh, no. They've been married 20 years. Oh, no. How old was he at this point? Uh, I, mean, I mean, they'd been married 20 years, and they got married, like, right out of high school into college. So they're probably in their so late like 30s. 38, 40? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Uh, neighbors had called 911 after hearing screams and barking dogs coming from the Philater property. <laughs> Though Philater never denied killing his wife, he has consistently said that he didn't remember doing any of it, saying he had suffered from the sleep disorder somnambulism Mm. all his life. His defense team claimed he was in a, quote, sleep-like state when the murders occurred. Murders, plural? I don't know why it says murders. He just killed his wife. Oh, okay. Okay. So maybe I just mistyped that. Mm -hmm. Okay. A sleepwalking defense was not a new defense. In 1982, another Phoenix man was successfully defended by his attorney who made the claim he was sleepwalking when he stabbed his wife 26 times, killing her. So we're going to go into a Leo DiCaprio inception sleepwalk within a sleepwalk (gasps) story within a story right now with a few excerpts from the Arizona Republic, February 19, 1982. The paper of Steve Steinberg stabbed his wife 26 times with a nine-inch kitchen carving knife. Nine months had passed since that night in May when Steinberg picked up the phone and screamed into the mouthpiece to police that his 34-year-old wife was dead in her bed. Since that time, Steinberg has lived with nothing but the crime that he claims happened while he was walking in his sleep. Steinberg did not deny killing his wife, but testified that he was under a scenario of disassociative action when he repeatedly stabbed her. He was found not guilty by reason of temporary insanity and walked away a free man. And well, a quick what? But temporary I mean temporary insanity and the sleepwalk defense seems different to me. I think it, it is, is different, I mean, but I think whatever this was works. like what worked in this situation. Okay. Mm. okay, okay. Um and just a quick fucking patriarchy moment, attorney Bob Hirsch, in this case, alleged that Steinberg's, quote, Jewish American princess wife had driven him mad with nagging and spending too much money. What? Oh, my God! Yeah. What? Yeah. Sorry, sorry. That what was year totally was involuntary. This? I'm sorry. 82. Oh, my 82. God. Two. He said Jewish American princess in Quoted. court? Driven him mad with nagging and oh. spending too much money. Y'all, go buy a fucking sweatshirt. That's all I gotta say. I know. Please. <laughs> um, and I knew we would need a little cleanser. I need to buy cleanser. 12 so I could wear one every fucking day. Yeah. Oh my god. I knew, I, I knew we would need a little palate cleanser after that quote, so I pulled another um, completely unrelated, also from this same newspaper, that is so fucking weird that I had to read it to you. And I'm giving you no context because I had no context either, so okay. this is just what I saw. Fair game. Jogging my wine. <clears throat> if there is any hugging to be done, I want to start it, so I am ready for him when he comes in the door. I believe this was written by a man, but I don't know. <laughs> And for a few seconds, we stalk each other as cunningly as two scorpions with a disagreement. (gasps) Occasionally, I win and humiliate him by reducing him to a huggy. Being a man of great physical strength. I told you this is completely unrelated, but from that newspaper. Oh, no context, completely unrelated palate cleanser. Please don't interrupt me. It's like my judge. Being a man of great physical strength. He retaliates by clamping me in a bear hug and shuts down the 
the blood flow between my collarbone and hip bone. I prefer <laughs> hugging female friends, but rarely do it. Very few of those who are huggers by nature have a musculatory, have the muscularity, I don't know, muscularity, <laughs> to turn you numb when they reduce you to huggies. On the other hand, whether huggers or huggies, female friends tend to be suspicious when subjected to a robust hugging, which complicates friendship. Babies are the best of all hugging materials. They what smell the good, can't squeeze the life out of you, never suspect you of lechery, and can't <gasps> do anything but howl if they resent being treated like huggies. <gasps> Is this a kink thing? No, it was just in the newspaper. And then it goes on what to talk about, like, the Middle East and President Reagan. So we're going to stop there. Let's get back to that goddamn filater. Uh, uh, Thanks for the palate cleanser. I am beyond confused. Can't I'm accuse so- you of lechery is maybe my no. favorite. Yeah. <laughs> that was on the same page of this newspaper as this original article. I cannot even. Great palate cleanser. They smell good. <laughs> anyway. Multiple sleep experts. Okay, so we've we've started with our boy for later. We meandered into uh, Steinberg, mm-hmm. which took us to that newspaper from 1982, which took us to that insane palate cleanser, and now all of that is gone from our minds, and we're going back to Filater, and we're back to this present case. So Steinberg has nothing DiCaprio. to do with Filater. He doesn't. It was just that it was another case in Phoenix where okay. a sleepwalking defense or some, you know, duration. It was a precedent. Thereof, okay. yep had gotten him off and is, he's a free man. This Steven mm-hmm. Steinberg guy is, has gone free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So multiple experts testified at trial saying that people who sleepwalk usually engage in routine activities. The more complex the activity, the less likely they are sleepwalking. However, other experts said it's rare, but possible for someone to commit an act of violence while sleepwalking. So they're getting both sides of the coin here. Mm-hmm. Philater himself Testified for nearly two hours, but in the end, the jury was not convinced that he was asleep during the entire attack. One juror commented after the trial, quote, I think he could have been sleepwalking when he stabbed his wife. The possibility exists, but we don't know. There is no witness. And here's new information that I'm going to be introducing. When he dragged the body, I think he woke (gasps) up. He could have been sleepwalking, woke up and saw, oh, no, look at this. And I think he panicked. Yeah. Which he most certainly did fucking enough. panic. I mean, sure. But Yeah, what else would you do? Yeah. Like, if you genuinely woke up in that state, like, what the fuck do you do? Yeah. Well, here's what he did. Okay. When he woke up and saw what he had done, he dragged his wife to their pool. Mm. Not sure if he knew it then, but she was still fucking alive, and neighbors saw him plunging his wife's head into the pool. Oh, what? no. That doesn't yep. sound like a waking... Nope. Police reported that his wife was stabbed 44 times and then drowned (gasps) in the family pool. Oh, so she died by drowning? From the neighbor's 911 call. Yeah. Yeah, she wasn't dead yet. Her cause of death was not the stabbing. It was (gasps) drowning. Oh, God. Uh, here's a quote from the 911 call from one of the neighbors. Quote, the husband just threw, I believe, the wife into the pool. Looked like he's holding her under the water. The dispatcher... The dispatcher asked if they were fighting, and the neighbor reports, I don't know what the problem is. I don't know. It's weird, and I'm concerned. Like, yeah. Yeah. Filater was convicted in June of 1999, but when it came to deciding life or death, because they have the death penalty in Phoenix, Uh 
The judge received many letters asking for leniency, but he said it was the testimony of his two children that weighed the most in his decision. Both of them pleaded for their father to be kept alive, saying they wish they could be with him again. And the victim's mother, so Yamila's mother, also asked that Philater be kept alive. Wow. Which is amazing to me. Yeah. The judge wow. sympathized with the family and sentenced Philater to life in prison. According to his Arizona Department of Corrections report, Philater has been a good prisoner, working as a tutor and library clerk, among other jobs in the prison. I don't care at all about somebody's prison identity because I no. feel like a, a monster could follow all the rules, like especially a mm-hmm. sociopath could follow all mm-hmm. the rules to a T in prison. And be a so model really relish prisoner. it, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas a person who even is innocent or just a peaceful person could find themselves in a situation in prison where they need to be aggressive. So yeah. I, I feel like the prison behavior metric is totally useless. Like, fuck it. I agree. Yeah. Well, I don't know Love why it. that case was supposedly less depressing than my case. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to call because her it all bullshit on that. It took a really fun turn right in the middle because it wasn't a very long case and I had to find some bizarre <laughs> distraction to put in there. I get that. I was so confused. <laughs> You're welcome. I mean, it was great. It was definitely the best part of this entire episode. I mean, had you been paying attention when I literally prefaced it with this has no context, I simply saw it in this article and want to read it to you, you wouldn't have been so goddamn confused. I I paid attention to you, but it it. made so little sense that it didn't, like, stick in my brain. It happened really quickly. You know what does stick in my brain? Special thanks this week. All the people that we have to give special thanks to this week. Correct. Oh, it's a long list. Hell yeah. So, uh, shout out to Marlena. Yeah. Thank you. Sarah, Cersei, Cersei. Shame, shame. No shame, no shame. Shame. In your $5 a month. Game. <laughs> Claire Obert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you taste like delicious yogurt. <laughs> you are obertly generous. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Katie Hogan. Hulk Hogan has the same birthday as me. <laughs> Thank you. Brother. <laughs> Brother. <laughs> I don't know. Sports. Uh, Fake sports. All right, Erica Annabelle of Burke and Hare, and mm. she makes goth slash witchy candles. Yes. Oh, they're my amazing. God, that sounds right up my alley. I we looked need. at her website. They are incredible. If you want to make some wine coven candles that we can sell on the company store, please let yes, us know. Yes, yeah, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> uh, so go check it out at at Burke Hare Co. I'm gonna sell. I'm gonna spell this. It's B U R K E H A R E C O, and also burkehair.com. Mm-hmm. So B U R K E H A R E.com. And I super yeah. want the Salem Pillar candle, and one of my ancestors was hanged in the Salem Witch Trials. Hint, hint, if you want to send me a Lucky. Salem Pillar candle. Lucky. Okay. You know what this, can I just do a quick aside, but this reminds me of, which I meant to tell you guys. So Amanda was visiting me this last weekend with our good friend, Scott. Yep. And obviously when we're all together, we do like tarot readings and whatever. Oh my God. The other night we were, 
sitting at my dining room table and we had our friend Jessica's ashes because she passed away a few years ago. So she was like our fourth member of our like reading thing. And we had like a circle of coarse salt and we had feathers and candles and all of my crystals. It was beautiful. And we were having like a moment. And apparently my husband, Corey, and his friend Nick were on their way to my house. And Nick asked Corey, like, what do you think Lucy and her friends are doing? And Corey sarcastically said, I don't know, having a seance. <laughs> then they walked and they, in. they get to our house and Nick <laughs> peeked in through the front window and he turned around and he goes, oh my God, they're having a seance. <laughs> <laughs> and we were. We were holding hands at the table with our eyes closed, like doing this like super intense, like, you know, we're whatever. Building our circle of trust. Yeah, we were building our circle of trust Hashtag in the amazing. clockwise blue light motion. There you it go. Anyway, amazing. we need these Burke and Hare Company candles. Yeah, like, yeah we do. Send us some fucking candles. We love you. Thank you for your Patreon <laughs> donation. We love you. Yes, yes, oh, yes, yes. Also, thank okay. you to Alexis for your $5 a month Patreon donation. We love you. You're wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yes. Steph Arthur, you are the King Queen Arthur of my heart. Thank you for your donation. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. <laughs> and first one to be getting a flexible fucking patriarchy wine glass, we have Lacey Newfeld. And your last mm. name sounds like a delicious French cheese. Oh, I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry. (laughs) Madeline Sutton, Mm. you're the Benjamin Button. (laughs) Let's give them Sutton to talk about. Let's let's (laughs) give them Sutton to talk about. (laughs) And you get a fucking patriarchy wine glass, too, because you give $10 a month and you're worth it. And as are you, Stephanie Cristiano. We love you. Crystal clear Cristiano. A2, Juliana Sergio. That's a very yes. pretty name. Loving all these swarthy, That is a beautiful, beautiful name. <laughs> I have nothing weird to say about that. Yep. I love it. Mm-hmm. And who I can only assume is a fellow Minnesotan, Jamie Jansen. <laughs> <laughs> Coming at you live from Norway or Sweden. You're also getting a 10 Dollar Patreon donation reward <laughs> fucking patriarchy wide glass. You got there. You got there. I got there. I got there. <laughs> also, Dolores De Martini, love the love. alcoholic that part familiar. of your last name. <laughs> you uh, increased from ten dollars a month to twenty-five fucking doll hairs a month. Oh. Thank you so much. So you will get to choose a uh, episode topic and or case and or wine. Get at us. And you'll be getting a piece of trash from my house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no 15s this week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't worry. Next week it pops off. Thank God. They must have caught on that this is a complete (laughs) scam. And (laughs) I only have one Furby to give away. Yep. But two Tamagotchis, so mm-hmm. keep them coming. <laughs> okay. uh, last, we've got Patty Hamilgarn. <laughs> Patty Hamilgarn, a $25 once-off donation. She, she, he, they, etc. can't go to CrimeCon, but wanted to help us out in another way. So thank you so much, Patty. Yes. And on that note, if you can't make it to CrimeCon, and if you want to support our dreams of going <laughs> to Nashville... You can make a once-off donation at our Big Cartel store website mm-hmm. for any denomination, and every dollar helps. God bless all of you. You're amazing. It, 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 
Yeah. It so is amazing. unimaginably helpful to us mm-hmm. for so nice. everything that comes in. We are so fucking excited for CrimeCon. Thank you for giving the lights on. If you haven't bought your tickets, if you haven't bought your tickets yet and you are planning on buying them, we if you use our promo code wine crime one word wine crime that gets you 10% off a standard ticket for the whole weekend and it will also it. help our dreams be realized it will help pay f- to get my ass to the states from it will help a different pay for Kenyan to get and there and also buy those little mini bottles of wine on the flight so thank you so much Joy. um <laughs> All also is <laughs> of course special thanks to our sponsors Talkspace and Zola. So uh, yes. for $30 off your first month of a Talkspace therapy, go to Talkspace.com forward slash gals. And you can visit Zola.com forward slash gals. That is Z-O-L-A.com forward slash gals for $50 towards your wedding registry. That's amazing. Parmesan. So much Parmesan. $50 worth of Parmesan. Parmesan. And dreidels. Parmesan. Parmesan. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We love you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kali Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Wine and Crime Pod. If you have wine recommendations or creepy true crime stories to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your podcasts. More importantly, if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It really is the best way to spread the word. We are a totally independent show, so if you'd like to support us and get a shout-out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers! Hi, I'm Katie. And I'm Kathy. And we are Women Drinking Beer. We drink beer, review them, and tell you about them so you can approach a beer list with confidence. As part of the Hopped Up Network, we cover the Twin Cities beer scene along with other favorites as well as interviews with women in the beer industry. We upload weekly to iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts. We can be found drinking beer daily on social media via Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search Women Drinking Beer and look for the kiss mark on the bottle cap. So if you enjoy beer or nerdy gals or both, we encourage you to taste along with us and come have a beer with us. Come have a beer with us.